This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Live. Geek Vibe Nation. Geek Vibe Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia Fabi, and if I sound a little strange today, it is because I am still trying to get over a cold, and for some reason, it just does not want to go away. So if it sounds like my voice is a little scratchy or something, There you go. That's the reason. But my co-host today sounds perfectly fine. Brittany, how are you? (laughs) All I could think of when you said that was, if I sound a little strange, it's because I'm literally dying. I'm already dead. I am death now. It's all I could think about when you saying that. (laughs) But I am doing great. I have the windows open to um, wake myself up. The cats are happy, and if if the cats are happy, I'm happy, right? Exactly. I was yesterday, I don't know why, I decided to do like this big, giant Marvel binge, and yesterday I was (laughs) re-watching, yeah, and yesterday I was re-watching Infinity War, and that scene where... Um, you know, Peter's meeting Dr. Strange for the first time. And so Peter's like, I'm Peter Parker. And uh, Dr. Strange goes, I'm Dr. Strange. And Peter's like, oh, we're using our made-up names. Well, I'm Spider-Man. And for some reason, I don't know why, that just reminded me of this whole, it's because I'm dying. It's like, Stephen Strange. I don't know. But for some reason, it popped up in my head. But, yeah, um, we are not talking about Marvel today. Uh, we are actually talking about the top 10 most unbearable TV shows because sometimes we don't want to be nice. You know, sometimes we don't want to do a list of, you know, the best or the awesomeness or whatever, whatever. We want to bitch a little. And there are just some TV shows that I don't know about you, Brittany. I mean, I'm assuming because you got a list and I got a list, but there are some. But there are some shows that you start and you're like, this is unbearable. I can't, I can't watch it. Or um, shows that started off good and became unbearable or shows that you've watched and it's unbearable to go back and rewatch it. So that's what we're going over today. I think that we just needed events and we need to be salty about something and this is a good way to do it and there are plenty of tv shows even though i should have like say gone back and made it like tv shows and movies but we can do movies for like another day let's do the tv shows i think we should just jump right into it um Brittany, give us your number 10 my number 10 i was looking at it I'm going to go with Pretty Little Liars because okay. with because yeah, when I was uh when I was still married to my ex-husband, he would binge the show constantly. And most of the time if somebody puts a show on, I can get into it, right? 
I can mm. listen to it, and I find myself getting pulled into it. It literally would give me a headache. I would have to sit in the other room. I know there's some people that love Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars to me, though, is like, you know, like in movies, there's like a caricature of what you imagine a rich man to be, and it's very like, like very 1930s, like, oh, he's so rich. Well, this is like somebody imagined how women actually act with each other, and it's more about like, I can't, I, I'm trying to think, it more focused on, look how pretty and rich I am, and look, we're having drama, and look, somebody wants to kill us, and I'm like, this is literally the worst show I have ever watched. But you know what's funny? It's mostly men like that show. And you know I don't normally get on my soapbox, but I was like, if we take if they were all average looking, would the show be half as good as it actually is? Like what people assume it to be. Pretty Little Liars. I've never watched Pretty Little Liars, but it's funny that you put that on this list because almost everyone I know loves this show. Like, uh, maybe about two years ago or something, I remember at the, like, lunch break table, Kelly and Sarah, two of my coworkers, going on and on about how much they love Pretty Little Liars, and they were just starting their rewatch of the show, and blah, 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 and I'm like, and I'm like, people love this show, but I agree with you. I tend to, like, not really like those shows where, everyone's just so beautiful. You know, it's, like, unrealistic, right? You have everyone just looking so utterly gorgeous, like, all of the time, and you're just like, where does this exist, you know? Um, and it's, I think it's one of those things that went on way too long, too. Most likely. When you say Pretty Little Liars, I feel like, oh, wait, no, that was Gossip Girl. That apparently your whole family thinks that everyone who's in New York is living the life of Gossip Girl. Um, but I guess <laughs> they could think that probably Pretty Little Liars, too, is that. But, no, we're not all like that. Uh, but I think this is great that you started the list out like that because, you know, I understand what you mean, right, when there's a show that's on, in the background and you're like kind of, okay, it can stay there. But when it's so unbearable that you're like, I can't even have this as background noise. And it's like I get why people like it, but I think what's unbearable to me is it's like sometimes it's kind of like Mary Sue writing too for like the main characters. And, yeah, they've got this hidden deep dark secret but it's more like okay it reminds me of like Korean pop bands where people like all side with the one character like well my character is this character where I love them the most you know and you get like some crazy stands for them because I remember he, he would the my ex-husband would go oh I just love so and so so much and I feel like this sounds creepy this is a tv show what are you talking about? <laughs> they would get, like, obsessive. And it's always like, oh, rich girl doing rich things. Oh, no, we have drama. And I guess, like, sometimes it's like, I think if I remember correctly, and anybody's free to uh, tell me, but I think what bothers me sometimes is I, they ended up either having a bi character or, like, a lesbian character, but they almost portrayed it more like how porn does more than, like, oh, yeah, they're just, somebody that likes women 
if that makes sense. I can see that in that type of show. I can see it. Didn't they also try to, like, remake or reboot Pretty Little Liars, or am I getting that confused with, like, Charmed or something? I think what ended up happening with Pretty Little Liars is that everything's based basically around, um, like, this big, deep, dark secret and who did it. And I I think, spoiler alert, I think it all ends up being somebody's twin that's not actually dead and they keep, like, going back. But once that happens, what do you do when an entire show is based around one thing and you finally get to the one thing? Then you have to start making up shit. See, that, and I think by like, that point it was based on books, and I think by that point mm-hmm. that's where the books would be finished, but I could be talking out my butt right now. Well, I was going to say, like, I that's the problem with TV shows that are all based uh, around, say, like, one niche, because what what do they do? They can't keep going with that forever, right? So mm-hmm. at, at some point it's going to feel tired. Let's not feel about some other shows that are going to make this list. (laughs) Awesome. You know what? Let's just move on. I think that it was a perfect way to start this list with Pretty Little Liars, especially since I've never seen it and I never will. Um, Let's do do number nine. Um, Have you ever heard of the – oh, God, I didn't even write that correctly. It's like I know – I know what I'm doing. Um, have Have you ever heard of the show on Netflix called Insatiable? It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure what it is. Okay, so this show came out a couple of years ago called Insatiable with, like, the most ridiculous plot ever. It's that this girl is fat, so... Of course, she's... I have heard of this. Keep going. Okay. So she has low self-esteem and yada, yada. And then something happens where her, like, jaw is wired shut for two months. And miraculously, within a two-month period, she loses all of the weight that she had with no baggy skin or anything like that. Oh, my God. And she looks like an absolute bombshell, right? And so it's all about her now being quote-unquote hot and wanting to live that life, but also trying to combat the whole thing of being constantly hungry, you know, being insatiable. Uh, And, yeah, it was so terrible. It just, I remember going over Cindy's house, and she put it on because it's like, let's see what this train wreck is. So, I watched, like, a good amount of this show. Like, I don't know if I watched the, like, whole first season, but I watched, like, the majority of it, and it was terrible. It was some of the worst acting. It was, like, the worst plot. It was incredibly tone deaf um, and really, I want to say, like, harmful, right? Because you yeah. have, she's, in high, she's in high school. And so, obviously, if someone's, like, watching something like this, they're going to be like, oh, if I'm heavy, I'm just going to starve myself, you know, and I'll look hot like that and blah, 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 you know. And then 
the creators tried to say that it was supposed to be like a satire and all that, and no, it was just so bad. And then, like her, they had these really cheesy like voiceovers and everything, and you know, it was supposed to be like played for laughs. That like you know, she gets so hungry and so you know ravenous, and she'd eat you know a whole entire you know uh, tray of lasagna to herself or something like that. I don't know. It was so bad. It was so unbearable. I couldn't believe that. And it boggled my mind. It got two seasons, right? I don't know. I think it got canceled, right? But it boggled my mind that, like, shows like this are even created and then renewed for a second season when my mother effing Marvel shows were canceled. And I'm like, I can't. Or, oh, and that my freaking show Mindhunter was put on indefinite hold, but crap like this seems to be like the norm for Netflix. So that's my number nine is this show Insatiable. I know you said that you kind of heard of it, but what are your thoughts? What gets me about it, and by the way, I was like, oh man, she talked bad about the show. The police are coming for her. Oh, I know. (laughs) Always with that police sirens. I think what got me was even you describing the show, I went, man, this must be, you know, serious. This must be, they must be like, you know, making a a comment on society. And then when you started talking about it and then you said satire, I was like, it's supposed to be funny? It's supposed to be like a comedy? Like, and I I sat there and I went, like you said, it's incredibly tone deaf. Because, you know, I've met, like, I've known people in my life that had eating disorders, and they said it becomes like an obsession over, like, you're overthinking everything you're eating. Anytime you put it into your mouth, you're going, oh, how many calories is this? What's this going to do to me? So if you have a character, I guess it's, like, incredibly vapid that it's, like, oh, well, look, if you, you know, like you said, like, oh, if you don't eat or have a problem and you lose all that weight in an unhealthy fashion, you're suddenly going to be beautiful and everybody's going to love you. And, but uh, you have to think about what you eat because if you get fat again, people aren't going to love you. And I'm like, that seems incredibly awful and damaging and not at all good for someone's self-esteem. And also, like you said, it doesn't work like that. Even if it was over a two-month period and you were heavy like that, you would have loose skin. You would have issues with that. So I guess it's like, at what point is it funny? And when I read about it, um, like when I was doing research to see what I wanted to put for this uh, podcast, I think I read it was like, oh, it goes for the lowest hanging comedy fruit, you know, uh, fat shaming. And I was like, especially in this day and age, that doesn't really fly. I guess it's like they went for something that was incredibly sensitive and like, let's laugh over it. And I'm like, I probably won't be watching that. Well, that was the thing is that when it first came out, people were like, how in this day and age did you think that it was a good idea to make a show like this? And it it does go for the low-hanging fruit because there are – see, it's been a while since I've seen it, so obviously there's some things I can't remember, which is a good thing. But (laughs) the character also is incredibly unlikable. And then at certain points throughout the show – becomes like violent in some retrospects um and it goes 
in that trope of like, oh, the heavy girl, you know, is always angry and, you know, always, you know, uh, wanting to, to, you know, hurt the pretty skinny girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it, it played on that. Right. And it just was, it was all over the place too. It didn't know what it wanted to be. And it was just really, really freaking unbearable. And I was like, I, again, can't believe sometimes that these shows are freaking greenlit. And then other shows are, like, canceled. It just it boggles my mind that they, like, waste money and people's time for shows like this. That's how I feel about it, honestly. It's a waste of time and a waste of resources, and it gets me, like, almost physically angry. It makes me think, like, I know this is incredibly, like, just assuming. But, you know, sometimes when shows get canceled – that are good or bad shows get continued that, you know, there's some CEO somewhere that's like, Oh, I like it. So, you know, I get the final say on it. And I'm like, are you, somebody out there go, man, I love the fat shaming. Ha ha ha. You know, fat girl humor and going, you know what? It deserves the second season while everybody else is like, no mercy. We don't want it. Keep it away. That's exactly how I feel about it because, you know, Netflix in particular, they come out with some good stuff, right? Like, as I said, the Marvel uh, universe on Netflix and then Mindhunter, Narcos. It has, like, a few really good solid shows, but their majority of shit is stuff like this show. And I just don't understand because it's like they never go really past one or two seasons. So it's like, at what point does Netflix sit there and go, this formula is not working? Oh, can I tell you really something quick on the subject of Netflix that I thought was humorous now that we're on the spiel? I saw, you know, the Addams Family didn't do great, that new animated movie. And uh, Mm I was at Walmart the other day and I saw the display for it. You want to know what their marketing was? They mm. all scrolled over it was not on Netflix. That was their wow. that was their advertisement, like for you know the display that has it and everything that's like cardboard that people set up. But it's for that. I said, yeah. It just said not on Netflix. I said, what kind of advertisement is that? <sighs> Oh no! I was like, uh, I love that in the same age, a movie not being on Netflix is um, a selling point. That is very strange, but it clearly didn't help its cause at all. That is the thing, though, with Netflix is that they have some pretty solid shows, but their like original movies are few and far in between. And I know that they're going to consider The Irishman a success because it's nominated for an Oscar, but no, no, it's not a success. All right, Netflix, it's not. Please don't make more shit like that. But, um, yeah, so Insatiable is my number nine entry onto our top ten most unbearable TV shows. Brittany, what is your number eight? I'm, like, looking at it. I'm, like, I'm going to go with, man, I, I, I just stare at it, and I go, huh, hmm, 
Okay, I think I'm going to go with an animated one, and I need you to not laugh at me. That I was just literally the first thing you said it. The first thing you said, unbearable TV shows. I'm going to go with Transformers Beast Wars because you Uh know how much I love Transformers, right? We love Transformers. Uh That's how we became friends in the first place. One time I was like, growing up, Transformers Beast Wars was so good. And I was like, this is the best thing. And I would wake up super early. Uh, my mom, Brenda, you know, I would, uh, she would babysit us after uh, school for like most of like my early childhood. And she would record on VHS Transformers Beast Wars all the time for us. And I would, I, like, it would make my entire day. I would talk to my brother about how much I love this show. Well, I went back and watched it. I bought the DVD set a few years back, and I got like one episode in. I was like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing I've ever seen." I should have, <laughs> I should have kept the nostalgia in my mind because, for one, you know, in the '90s when everything was trying, or like the early 2000s, like like basically 2000, where uh, everything was trying to switch into that CGI because it was cheaper than, like, hand-drawing everything. It yeah. was awful. You would have, like, what was his name, Cheetor or uh, Cheetah? I can't remember his name. He would be running, and instead of, like, the fluid motion, they would just have, like, the legs, like, it was like Power Rangers, you know, with the Zoids. And, you know, when they're running and their legs don't bend, they just kind of go up and down in the form of, like, the running, and all the dialogue is incredibly corny. Like, it just, like, it's a lot of slapstick humor. And I literally sat there, and I was like, I literally just spent, like, 30 bucks on this DVD set, and I'm about to hide it and pretend I never bought this. Do you remember, I feel like this was probably a year ago, you, me, and, like, Ryan did a top ten, like, worst CGI, right? Yes. And, yes. And, he put, and he put on the list that Spawn movie. And that, yes. CGI, and that CGI in that Spawn movie reminds me of freaking the CGI in Beast Wars. You're right, Brittany, because I grew up loving that cartoon um I remember watching it as a kid when it was on you know because like back especially when I was younger um I was obsessed with dinosaurs learning about them and all of that obviously love the Jurassic Park movies so the fact that they had you know beast wars and there was dinosaurs involved but you know to me I loved it right and I want to say that was like probably my first entry into Transformers. So, you know, there was that big, huge nostalgic factor. And then, of course, when you and I became friends over watching Transformers Prime, it was like remembering stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right, Beast Wars. Like, oh, that was so good. Remember how good it was? And then going back and trying to rewatch it, and it's like (laughs) – it's like, as you said, it should have just stayed in that little nostalgic, you know, corner in the in your brain and where you just remembered it as good. And now instead, we sit here thinking about how absolutely awful it was. 
I'm going to say, I'm about to get crucified, but that's how I feel about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I should have just, like, and I should have listened to my brother because he said, I was about to watch it, and he said, Brittany, don't. Just, just leave it alone. You know, he's like, it's not as good as you remember. And I was like, no, it's great. And I watched, and I went, okay, I I should have just, should have put that away in the little lockbox upstairs. <laughs> That's how it's like with this movie. Um, It's this anime movie. I feel like I've talked about it before on these shows, but The Princess and the Goblin, right? It was like this old animated movie that growing up I loved. And you would ask my mom because she hated it, but she would say that was like my favorite cartoon movie growing up. I had it on a VHS set and everything, right? And I want to say when I was, like, 18 or 19, going through, like, my old VHS tapes, I found that, and I was like, oh, I loved this movie. Let me put it on and relive all of this. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was like, you know, when you're almost ashamed of, like, your own taste, and you're like, I thought this was good back in the day. I don't have any rights. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures of it right now. I remember watching that movie, but I don't remember what happened in it. I barely um, remember now either, but I just remember loving the movie, like watching it over and over and over again as a child and then trying to go back, you know, close to like my 20s and watching it and, oof. Oh, that it did not, it did not like, live up at all. Huh? On like a separate little side note, um, my dad was over the other day, and I was I saw something about Frozen, and I said, "Dad, I go like all because all my cousins have babies, and like my uncle has tiny children too, and they're obsessed with Frozen, and they watch it all the time. Always want to dress up like Elsa." Or Anna, um, and I asked my dad, I said, Dad, is there a show I had that I just watched like a million times over to the point where you were like, oh, God, give me mercy? Because my older (laughs) brother's was uh, Aladdin. And so he goes, Mulan. He goes, if I had to watch Mulan one more time, I was probably going to murder you. But Mulan was at least so good. Now that's when that (laughs) aged well. Mulan is still good, okay? I can still watch, and I have watched that recently, and it's still freaking good. So that, no, Mulan is in a different category. Mulan would be like uh, top ten movies that you watched as a kid that aged well or something like that. That, that oh, would be that. Oh, we need to do that. That would be a good one. There's, that would be a good one. Next week. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Transformers Beast Wars definitely deserves to be on this list because going back and watch, re-watching it, it was unbearable. Which sucks because it was fantastic um, growing up. But hey, that's what happens. You grow up and you realize that um, tricks really are for kids. There you go. Boom. I, I, you, know why I that? you know why I brought that up really quick? On my Facebook, you know how how your Facebook, like, shows you old memories? I had posted this picture years ago, 
that it was like, have you ever noticed that when you were a kid, tricks used to be like cereal used to be all these different shapes and now they're just little colored balls and then there was like a picture of like Keanu Reeves like what if it's because tricks are just for kids (laughs) oh my god I didn't even put that together they did used to be all different shapes and now they are just little balls Tia you're ruining my life today (laughs) that's what I'm here for but um (laughs) Let's move. Let's move on. Uh, let's see. I am going to put something down on this list that is pretty unbearable to watch, even though I actually did watch all of it. And um, first of all, I'll ask because I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I also don't know at the same time. So, were you a fan of The Office? Yes. Okay. It, this is not it. People are going to be like, oh, my God. It's like, no, no, no. The U.S. version of The Office, um, brilliant, top tier. But for those who don't know, is that that is not an original concept. The U.S. version of The Office is that, the U.S. version. Um, it originated as a show in the U.K., still called The Office. And it ran for two seasons, and it starred Ricky Gervais, which should tell you all that you need to know about that show. But, Uber. yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like him, so that's it. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I first became a fan of The Office, the U.S. version, I binged it, and I wanted more, right? I was like, because at the time that I was watching it, like, it hadn't ended, Right. Um, I think it was maybe like seven or six seasons on Netflix. And I was like, oh, I need more of this. I need to like still enjoy like The Office, but watch new shit, right? So when I looked, I saw, oh, there's a UK version. Cool. Let me watch it. So different than what you're used to. First of all, um, Ricky Gervais plays essentially the same character that Steve Carell plays Michael Scott, right? But the uh, difference is he is so unlikable. You know how, like, in The Office, like, Michael Scott does really stupid shit and it sometimes does end up, like, making people miserable, but he's not doing it facetiously. He's doing it because he's kind of stupid, right? Yeah, yeah. But in the UK version, Ricky Gervais's character is just really an asshole and is actually like a mean spirited boss who legitimately does himself. things. He's playing, oh yeah, no, no, no. He's 100%. You know, it's like no one thinks that Ricky Gervais is funnier than Ricky Gervais does. And that's how he plays his character. Like, he thinks he's so hilarious, and it's like you're really not that hilarious at all. And so it's not enjoyable because he's so mean, right? And so you have him, and then you have Martin Freeman playing Tim, who is the UK's version of Jim. And so they have, so they have the whole, like, you know, Jim and Pam dynamic in the UK version, but it's not charming the way that, you know, John Krasinski and, um, oh God, I don't know the actress's name who plays Pam, but you know, it's not like, it's not cute like them, you know, it's, it's 
awkward and just everything's awkward, right? Yeah. Um, the only thing that I would say is like a little bit funny is so you know the guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies with the wooden eye? He plays um, the UK's version of Dwight. And he's pretty funny. Oh, no. He's pretty funny. It's like the only, like, funny thing about that show. But, yeah, looking back on it, it got canceled after two seasons. And um, you could see why. You could see why. Because nothing about it has the charm that the U.S. version has. And, in fact, the best thing that the U.S. version did was stop trying to be a carbon copy of the UK version, because I will tell you, Brittany, if you go back and watch the pilot episode, the first episode of the UK version, and watch the same episode of the US version, they're identical. They're identical. So you could tell that the US version was trying to be like the UK version, but then like one or two episodes later, it drastically changed, and that was the best thing that they could have done was not go on the same direction that the UK version did. So, um, yeah, that's my entry for number seven. What do you think, Brittany? What I was going to say is, like, and I understand, like, sometimes I've seen some UK shows that maybe I didn't find funny, but, you know, they do say in other countries the type of humor is different, right? And maybe it's just maybe something we don't get. It's more of a dry humor, and I understand that. But I think I have tried to watch the first episode of the UK version of The Office, and I hated it. I was like, this is really boring. Because there's something charming about The Office, but it doesn't really take itself too serious, where you can watch it, and ultimately if something bad happens, you know it's going to be resolved by the end of the episode. Nothing really lasts long. But when you feel like something's almost just uncomfortable, um, I guess I'm like, I'm one of those people that if I see something cringy happening, I I have to look away or I have to like stop watching it or pause it. So sometimes I felt that way about that where maybe if it takes things too far or like you said, uh, where Ricky Gervais' character becomes more, um, more mean spirited than anything, because at least like with Steve Carell's character, it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. It's more harmless. But when you have somebody going out of their way to be really mean-spirited, it takes the joy out of it because you go, man, I'm trying to, like, joke over fake life, not real life, with, like, some awful mean boss that tries to make your life a living hell. So I think this definitely belongs on here. But, you know, (laughs) it reminds me, I know this is going to come up later probably, and I'm not trying to spoil that, but... It does open up that I was thinking the other day how I wish there was shows that had, like, a different spin in different countries. And I always thought it would be nice if The Walking Dead would, like, do something in another country like the U.K. or, like, uh, or like you know, countries, but to show what was happening in the rest of the world. But then you saying about The Office, about the U.K. version, I went, maybe not. Maybe let's just close that chapter of that book. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing, though. Like, I get it that the British do have a very dry humor, right? But yeah. 
I'll I'll give you a few examples. Fleabag is clearly a say BBC um, show, and it's hilarious. I love Fleabag, oh, yeah. and clearly and clearly the rest of the world does too because it literally has swept every single award. I kid you not, it's won an Emmy, it's won a SAG Award, it's won a Golden Globe, it's won a Critics' Choice Award, like, it's won everything, and rightfully so, it deserves it, so it's like, you have something like, you have something like Fleabag, or on Netflix, I would recommend, there's this show called Dairy Girls, which is an Irish program, but really good, it's cute, it's like charming, you know, Um, so... You know, you can have, say, that dry UK British humor and still have it be good. But to me, I didn't feel Ooh, that way. I really don't like Ricky Gervais. And as you said, there is a certain charm to The Office. Um, so when you're watching the U.S. version and you enjoy it so much because of that charm, to go to the UK version and find that there's none of that charm, you really are just like, well, what's the point of this, you know? I don't know. I disliked it a lot. I found it unbearable to watch, even though I watched the entire thing. Um, oh, and I even watched Well, because, you know, at the time I was, like, tempting and I – you know, was doing, like, meaningless uh, data entry, and we were allowed to, like, watch things. So um, I just had it on, and I just didn't enjoy it, like, at all. I think that it was a bad show, and thank God it only lasted two seasons. But, yeah, uh, The Office, the U.K. version, not the U.S. version, is definitely on my list, and I will shoot over to you, Brittany, for the number six. Oh, no. You know what? Since I already brought it up, I already brought it up, I'm bringing up The Walking Dead. Oh, shit. (laughs) You know, I love The Walking Dead. I was obsessed with it right now. Like on Twitch, I've been uh, playing the Telltale games, which is basically taking a different spin. Like, it's the same story. Like, you run into Herschel, right? You run into Glenn. Uh, you're having a run. It's like from the beginning of the apocalypse, right? You're going through the first few months of it and just seeing it from a different perspective because, yeah, you run into people uh, along the way. And I was like, man, this reminds me of why I love The Walking Dead so much. But this is one of those shows that I think it's gone on for too long. It's gone on for way too long because we get through the first couple of seasons. I love the setup of the dynamic of, oh, you had Shane, right? You had uh, Rick, you had Carl, you had Lori. You're at, they're like, Glenn, everybody's still alive and somewhat happy. And I get that a lot of things went through the comics, but now it's hitting a point where they've killed off everyone that meant anything. Like, they got rid of Shane, they got rid of Lori, they got rid of Carl, which Carl was never supposed to die, it was in the comics. He was supposed to basically take over Rick's spot, and now Rick is like dead or gone. I I'm not even sure. Um, yes, I love Negan. You know, Negan's my favorite character. You know this, but they've gone on too far with his bit, and now we're focusing on uh, Judas so much. Judas, Judas, Judas. 
gosh, I forgot her name for a second. I called her Judas. <laughs> but uh, they've gone on too far with that storyline, and now Michonne's leaving. It's just one of those shows that it needs to end now because it went from being the best show, like, you know, people like, you know, uh, Aaron's sister-in-law, like, was, does, like, the Walking Dead uh, biggest fan thing every year, and she always ends up in the finals for, like, The Talking Dead, which is that show that comes on afterwards. She always ends up in the finals, the fan videos, and I, it has such a huge following, but it's just hit the point where it's just kind of, like, I haven't watched the new, like, I don't think I've watched the last two seasons and, you know, before when Negan popped up, I was watching every episode. Like, as soon as Netflix had the season up, I, I would binge it. I was like, this is so good. I love it. And now I'm just like, I have no interest. It's just, it was too much. The best thing that I've done in a while was Rick having flashbacks to Shane. <laughs> but uh, I know you probably feel the same about it because you love The Walking Dead, too. I think you're the reason I got into The Walking Dead was because you love John Bernthal so much, and you started watching for him in the first two seasons. The Walking Dead is one of those shows, and I was talking about this on a recent podcast, but it was one of those shows that transcended, I feel like, um, uh, I'm going to say class, but I don't feel like that's the right uh, word here. It's like there are certain shows that you expect only people who are, say, nerdy to watch, right? Like the Marvel shows and all that, or, you know, even the CW shows. But shows like Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, it didn't matter, like, who you were, right? Man, women, whatever race, whatever sexual orientation, whatever, like, if you were only into sports or you were into nerdy shit or you were, you know, a casual viewer, you liked that. It was like the shows that everyone enjoyed. Um, and even to the point that there's this restaurant uh, in Westchester County called The Bayou, and it used to have, like, you know, uh, Walking Dead viewing, like uh, whatever, if it was Sunday or something that The Walking Dead came on, right? You could go yeah. to You could go to The Bayou and they would have it, playing live, and they would have a Walking Dead themed menu, right? And that was the same thing with the Game of Thrones, and that was the same thing also with True Blood. Um, so it was one of those shows that, like, transcended, like, everyone liked it. Did it matter? Was it one of those shows that you only knew about because you, you know, were on the spectrum of liking nerdy shit, you know? So yeah. it is really sad to see a show that was so strong and had so many fans, and, you know, it just keeps declining. Every time I see a report, or we even do a report, it's uh, Game of Thrones premiered with the lowest viewer rating that it ever has, you know, and that just keeps, like, happening. And it's not enjoyable anymore. It is unbearable to watch at this point, because, as you said, they've gotten rid of everyone, and people that they didn't even need to get rid of, right? You know, there's no reason to get rid of Carl. And you just lost your two, like, main characters, essentially, by losing uh, Andrew Lincoln, right, um, as Rick, mm -hmm. and then uh, Denai Guerrera as Michonne. I mean, 
who else is on? Like, I, I'm sorry. Is uh, freaking Daryl enough of a pull to continue uh, for people to keep watching? Sorry, really quick. If you heard a crazy noise, my cat has learned how to open cabinets and likes to slam them super, super loud. So I'm sorry if you heard that. Yes, we did. So he is a little beast. We we have learned this. But I'm sorry. Please continue what you were saying. No, actually, I was opening the floor up to you. I was trying to say, I was trying to remember, I got so distracted by him doing that, and I was so worried to just repeat the last thing you said. I was saying that is Daryl enough of a pull to continue for for people to continue watching? No, because it's like, I know people love Daryl. I don't care about Daryl, and that's probably going to get me, like, so much hate, but I don't care about him. You know, I, he's great, and but he can't carry that entire show by himself. You know, it's like The Walking Dead was so great, not because of just one character, but like how they all interacted with one another. And now that you have so many of those people that that grew together, you're, every all the new relationships that people form are going to feel so vapid compared to, say, what they built up over these seasons of like. Rick and him, you know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, Carol, which I know I think Carol's still around, but it's kind of like all those things that they built seasons and seasons around, which I get. It's Walking Dead. People die. That's the whole point of the show. It's like Game of Thrones, but I guess there's just hits a point where it's like another show on this list. It, it, it's lasting longer than maybe it should have, but since it's such a cash cow, they're never going to, well, they're eventually going to have to, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It makes me sad because I love this show so much, and now it just feels like, it's like, no, don't ruin it any further. We can still think about this fondly. But I guess there's a lot of shows like that. <laughs> there certainly is. Um, no, I, I agree. I agree 100% with all of this that it just, has lost its stride and that's unfortunate because it was a great show for me um i feel like i really started losing interest after they completely like just messed up the whole uh the cannibals like yeah to me it reminded me of demon dean in season 10 of supernatural where we had him for three episodes when that should have been, like, a season-long thing or at least a half-a-season-long thing. It's the same thing with the cannibals from uh, Terminus. That They were great. That's such a, like, a, a, a horrifying thing. Like, in the middle of the apocalypse, dealing with people who are literally eating other people, and they could have been good. They could have been really good villains to concentrate on, and they essentially existed for like two episodes. It was so disappointing. Because if you think about it, all of season four was them walking towards Terminus. Go back and watch season four. They're all walking towards the signs that say sanctuary here 
they're all meeting up with each other, and, you know, this is when Abraham and Eugene and Rosita are introduced, and they're all going towards Terminus, you know, Maggie's going, they're going to be reunited, and then, and they, and they did have, like, the most horror to me, right, next to, say, like, Negan's introduction, but the most horrifying episode where, um, you know, Rick and, like, uh, freaking Glenn are, stand, are kneeling there, and the people from Terminus are, like, knocking out these people and slitting their throats into a bathtub. That's horrifying. And that's still, oh, yeah. like, one of the most like, one of the most horrifying episodes of the show. You have that strong of an introduction to these characters for it to pitter out so quickly. It was so pathetic. It was I so pathetic. What gets, me, it, what gets me is, like, I love Negan. I feel like I always have to uh, preface this by saying, I love Negan. Don't get me wrong. He, uh, he's the best thing since sliced bread to me. But what gets me <laughs> is that a lot of his storyline, yes, he always, like, in the comics, he basically ends up being a good guy uh, in his own form. Uh, but what gets me is that... Uh, his storyline with the factory and everything should have probably been like a one season thing, but you could have done the Terminus stuff for nearly a season. So you get like nearly three seasons of Negan uh, being a dick almost. And then you get only like one episode of Terminus, like two episodes maybe of actually being there. And you go, huh, maybe we could have elongated some of the, the more material you had and maybe not stretched them because it's like they hit the cash cow and Negan and went, maybe let's just keep riding this train until it crashes. And you're like, nope, nope, stop it, stop it. No, exactly. It just it made no freaking sense at all. And I didn't understand it, but they're going to keep going with that until – I don't know, the ratings are just so bad or, like, people just walk off, like, set or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. But, um, yeah, Brittany, I think uh, definitely, definitely this deserves to be on the list because it has gotten unbearable to watch, which is unfortunate because it was a great freaking show. So, I don't know. Let's see how they end it. They'll... Like, to me, really quick, this sounds, like, really, like, far-fetched, but um, I don't know how they ended it in the comic book, but we already have seen that they've gone so far off of the comic book. They should just end it where, um, whatchamacallit, it, Rick wakes up, and it was all a dream. I know you know, I'd crazy, be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. Shane would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, like what gets me is that if people go, oh, that would be such a slap in the face. But I would almost prefer that to just, uh, okay, I think basically the end of Walking Dead is basically from Carl's perspective as like an older man. And I think he's basically taking a narrative standpoint that basically the Walking Dead comics are said from his perspective. I could be talking out my ass right now. Somebody needs to fact check me, but that would I would almost be okay with doing the whole oh he wakes up out of the coma thing just to save what happened if that makes sense. 
yeah, I don't know, like how they would be able to end it where it is believable and stuff. I don't feel like the ending is going to be satisfactory at all, um, just because so many of the past seasons haven't been satisfactory. So who knows? But um, let's move on uh, because this is not a Walking Dead podcast. It's an unbearable TV shows podcast. Um, and same I'm going thing. to hit the next one. Huh? I said same thing, but I was teased. <laughs> um, you know what? I feel like I want to put this on the list because we were talking about it. And as you said, shows that have gone on for way too long. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about The Flash. And oh, this is... <laughs> this is uh, The Flash on uh, CW, and I know that my mom's probably listening going, it's still good. Um, I don't find it still good. I And you can ask Brittany, I was a fan of this show for the uh, first two seasons. The first two seasons were awesome. I still stand by those seasons. You have, you know, the first season of the whole reveal of Reverse Flash, uh, the ultimate betrayal of, you know, Harrison Wells finding out that he is, uh, you know, really Eobar Thawne, uh, who stole the face of Harrison Wells and, you know, that uh, guy and everything and Tom Cavanaugh and Barry discovering his powers and the first emergence of metahumans and then to go from that to season two where, you know, I still think he's like the best villain and like one of the best like villains on TV, uh, Teddy Sears as Doom, Hunter Zolomon finding out his whole backstory and then really finding the real Jay Garrick and everything. Oh, it's fantastic, right? Those first two seasons, still, like, I can't talk shit about them. They are fantastic. After that, I, it became too unbearable to watch Britney. After I watched the third season, and you know, of course, they had the big bad, um, and they always have the reveal. And again, we had the first season. The reveal was that you know the guy who's supposed to be helping them is really the guy who killed Barry's mom. Uh, the second season is you know the guy who's supposed to be helping them is really the evil villain Zoom. So you're like, okay, obviously there's going to be a big reveal of who the third season villain is and he's going to be someone close to them and how can Barry get hurt again from by someone that he trusted? Well, it was him. It literally was him. It, it was literally him. And I was like, I can't. This is terrible. This is what I like signed up for. And so after that, it became too unbearable to watch. I tried to watch some of the fourth season. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what happened in season five. And like, you know, the past two years, they've had really um, epic crossovers, right? We just had uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, which was a huge undertaking. Last year, you had the Elseworld uh, crossover. And these are huge crossovers. And my mom has tried to get me to watch, like, the Elseworld crossover. And it's like, Ma, if you're listening, these shows are too unbearable to watch. I cannot because... The acting isn't that great anymore. The costumes are not that great anymore. The acting is cheesy. The plot lines are cheesy. 
Um, there's just so much. The fact that we've had now a million and one different Harrison Wells. I mean, God bless Tom Cavanaugh. He's a fantastic actor. And I, again, I love the characters that he played in the first two seasons, right? You know, he played uh, evil Harrison Wells in season one. He played dickhead Harrison Wells in season two. And then after that, and then after that, they just like, it became a shtick, you know? Um, I swear to God, third season Harrison Wells like literally had drumsticks in his hands the entire show, and I had no idea why because they didn't add anything. They served no purpose. Because um, he's so, the cool hit Harrison Wells. I can't. So yeah, the Flash has become completely unbearable for me. I think that this is also on your list, Brittany. So what are your thoughts on this? Like you say about it is, okay, first off, Tia said she was a fan. She was not a fan. She was a stan. She was obsessed with this show. And it's almost a little depressing to see the descent of uh, not loving it anymore. But it's true. It became a shtick with Harrison Wells because I remember you'd be like, oh, yeah, Harrison Wells. Oh, yeah, there's another one. And I'd be like, okay, you know kind of a cheap cop-out to bring back that character, but hey, we love the character, so I ain't complaining. Then there was another yeah. one. It, this was like DJ Cully, where it's like, and another one, except it was Harrison <laughs> Wells. But, um, I know, and it's like, uh, what was his name? Eobard e- Fawn. Yes. When you told me about him, I was like, that sounds amazing. And you would show me clips, and I was like, okay, he's a good villain. But after a while, I just felt tired. And and we talked about it because we would always go, man, Marvel can't make good TV shows, but at least DC can make good TV shows because, you know, you had Green Arrow and you had Flash. But Flash is just like... It's unbearable. This is the whole point of the show, that it is unbearable at this point. And it was kind of sad because you'd be like, Brittany, it's so good. You know, the the twist this time was so good. And then you're like, it's him. And I was like, what? You're like, yeah, it's just him. And I was like, oh, this poor bitch over here. Also, if you say your mother's name three times, she's going to come there and she's going to beat your butt for talking to her about her show like that. She literally just texted me going, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love your mother. Please beat your daughter. Um, you're the one who needs the, the beating, but that's a conversation for another day. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Freaking, no, I mean, I did love this show. I loved the first two seasons. Loved it. I love finding out the whole, like, I remember, right? Let me talk to you about it really quick. Because the first episode of The Flash starts off with you know, you already know something's happening with Harrison Wells, even though you don't really know who he really is at this point because, you know, he's just like the scientist helping Barry. But then at the very end of the episode, Harrison Wells, who's supposed to be in a wheelchair, goes into this like crazy looking room and literally stands up and looks at a newspaper from the future saying that Barry Allen, the Flash, has has disappeared. 
right? Do you, like, from day one know that something's happening, you just don't know what's going on? And for the reveal to be what it was, oh, so good. And then in season two, you're like, they can't do it again. It's like, no, they did. They fucked us over again. And I loved it because I remember, like, when Teddy Sears first came in and we thought he was Jay Garrick, and you're like, oh, this guy's kind of boring, right? He's a little too good, a little too goody two-shoes, right? And then when he just switches into Hunter Zolomon and he's the villain and he's, like, evil and bad, and I'm like, this is so good. It, like, it gave me, like, chills how good it was. And to go from that to, like, what it's like now with the terrible CGI, I look at clips now and I'm like, this is a little laughable. To what they've done with like Caitlyn and everything, it's unbearable. I can't watch it. I tried to watch Crisis on Infinite Earth, and there were some good moments, but in general, I feel that um, these CW shows are trying to uh, take on more than they can chew. They don't necessarily have the budget for what they want to accomplish, and maybe they don't necessarily have the script writers for what they want to accomplish. And I think that there needs to be some sort of like, I don't know, overhaul because this could be good and it's just subpar. And I feel like people are just settling for subpar. I think what gets me about it so much is that, um, what's the word for it? Oh, it's kind of like when I was younger and I loved writing, uh, somebody, which I still love writing, if I can just get the brain power to do it. But what got me is I remember one big piece of advice I got some from someone is that I always loved ending every chapter as a um, as a the cats are being wild again as a uh, cliffhanger because I thought it it was such good writing and people were gonna love it and people were gonna be surprised. And somebody said. If you leave it as a cliffhanger every single time, people are going to get bored of it and be like, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. And that's kind of how I feel with Flash and every time there's like, oh, here's a twist. And you're like, thanks? I mean, we've done this a million times, but thanks, I think. It's like, okay, I guess. Let's do this again. So maybe that's what it was. Is that... Maybe that's what it was, is that the first two seasons were just so fresh. And so to go from like that to, you know, they're just doing the same thing that they've always done. But that's the point. You're doing the same thing that you always do. Um, And it's funny because I feel like Juwan feels the same way. Because he'll be like, you know, um, every single time Barry is in a crisis, uh, uh, Iris, will be like, Barry, I believe in you, and suddenly, like, he can do it, and it's like, oh, God, this is, like, the solution every single time, like, Barry needs help, Iris says that she loves him, and then suddenly, it's all good now, now he has the strength to go on, and it's like, oh, God, how many times are we going to do this? You're like, I get it, you want to bring your stepsister. Oh, they're married now. They're, oh, they're married now in the show. They 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 got together. They've been together. Man, I missed a lot. 
The human is the law. Even I know that. They're together at this point. They got married. They, they like, you know, they're they're together, you know. I mean, I guess guess it's a little strange when you think about it because they do now both technically have the same dad. (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know. You know what I'm saying. But um, let's move on there. Uh, I wanted to make a bad joke. Almost one. I'm from Arkansas. It's nothing I haven't seen before. At least she made it, people, and not me. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on to the number four, Brittany. Give us what you got. Let me look here. I, you know what? I'm going for. I think this is one we can bitch about a little bit. And I will start by saying I have not watched it. And it's because how badly I don't want to watch it is why it's on its list. It's and so that unbearable. Is, it's so unbearable. I don't want to watch it. 13 Reasons Why. Because oh, they turned, gosh. Yes, because they turned a singular, I, I can't remember if it's one book or what, into like seasons of like, I guess what gets me. Is that the books themselves like kind of cost like a suicide issue with children that would read it and want to be remembered like that, and it kind of set like a bad precedent by like how it portrayed suicide and very like oh yeah let's get back at the people that wronged us by writing them letters to make them feel utterly awful, which I get. You know, maybe that's not the way it was supposed to be taken, but now we have a TV show of it, of, like, basically, there is one guy that does deserve a lot of what's going on, but basically it's just this entire TV show about 13 reasons why she did it, and basically just... (sighs) I guess it's a sensitive subject suicide is, especially with a show that basically is marketed to high school students, junior high, or even adults, and to display it in the way they did. I was like, I don't want to watch this. This is going to be depressing as hell. This is not going to be something great, if that makes sense. Because we've talked about this before, because I didn't even read the books as a kid for the exact same reason. So uh, when they were... uh, talking about, oh, yeah, it's going to be a TV show. I was like, this sounds like a really bad idea. I really do not want to watch it. And now that they're making seasons of it when it was just like one book, I'm kind of like, okay, it feels uh, like a cash grab more than trying to make a point about society in itself and about such a sensitive subject, if that makes sense. So I've watched the first season. Because when I first started my job, my coworkers really liked it. And they're like, Tia, you have to watch it so we can talk about it. Um, I wish I could get those 13 episodes, I mean, those 13 hours back from my life. But I oh, can't. no. Um, <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know the premise of 13 Reasons Why, you have this girl who killed herself. And she literally made... 13 um, cassette tapes and sent them to those who she deemed responsible 
for part of the reason why she decided to kill herself. And you're right, Brittany. It's incredibly um, harmful because we have teenagers who are so susceptible to things. And what teenagers um, a lot of times don't feel is that they don't feel noticed, right? Um, And when they don't feel noticed, you have a show that is about a girl who didn't feel noticed, and now she's so infamous in her death that everyone's talking about her. Everyone's talking about her. Everyone can't stop talking about her. And that is like someone would see that and go, finally, in death, you know, I can be uh, remembered. And it's like, no. And so not only was it incredibly irresponsible, the show, one, I hate to say this, but the girl was just not likable. Maybe it's the actress, but she was not likable at all. Like, by the way, the actress who plays the main character in 13 Reasons Why is this girl that had a cut deleted scene in Avengers Endgame because she was playing Tony Stark's daughter all grown up. And I'm so happy they deleted that scene because it was terrible. I watched it. It was so out of place. Um, Oh, man. It's just not – so the whole thing is like, you know – I will say this on air. We were all teenagers once. And we all went through shit. And we all felt that way. I will say that on air. Like we all felt that way. But yeah. many of us don't and many of us don't act upon it. And that may and I'm not saying this to be insensitive because I understand high school is hard. You know, high school is so hard. And when you're a high school student and people say to you it gets better you don't want to hear that, right? And so that was a huge yeah. thing, you know, like that she was going through. So, you know, my problem was sitting back there and as an adult, right, someone who did get past it and looking at it and going, this girl killed herself for high school bullshit. Bullshit that doesn't matter six months after you graduate. But then you have to sit back and you think, you know, high school was its own little world you know, where it only felt like that was the only thing that was relevant and the only thing that was ever going to matter. You know, so you try to, like, you know, when you're watching it, like, look at it as an adult, but then also look at it as a teenager, right? And the thing, and, and I know I'm going on about this, but this show really, like, to me, was poorly done because she herself was so tone deaf right? She blames her parents. She blames her parents. Her parents were not bad people. They had a failing business that they were so, you know, concerned with because if they didn't make sure that that business was succeeding, they literally wouldn't have a roof over their head, you know? And so she was complaining that her parents didn't pay enough attention to her. Then you have her blaming her school counselor not paying enough attention when, you know, he was paying attention he just had all these other students who were on his plate, you know, and it's like all this shit, you know, or she get her ass smacked. And, yeah, that sucks and that's demeaning. But she sent a tape to that guy as to one of the reasons why she killed herself, you know, and it's just there were so many invalid reasons that it made it hard. But as you did say, then there was one legitimate, like, not that I think that it was a legitimate reason for her because there's, I don't think, ever a legitimate reason. 
Um, but yeah. obviously everyone, you know, looks at you got to be very sensitive about this topic, obviously. But, yeah. um, I mean, there was a douchebag in the show, which though I, I apparently heard that he's dead. So that's great. You know, like, that's good. I'm happy about that. <laughs> but I understand what you mean, Brittany. This show is unbearable. Oh, one last thing before I get off on my soapbox. No, this no, is you're bother- good. This is what bothered me about 13 Reasons Why 2 is, so when Stranger Things Season 3 came out, there was this huge riot of how much smoking there was in, no. the, in the show, right? They made the yeah. biggest deal. All, all these parents, right, all these uh, stay-at-home housewives, yes, I'm calling you guys out, but all of these, like, stay-at-home housewives complaining, oh, Jim Hopper smokes too much, you know, Winona Ryder's character smokes too much, you know, oh, it's ruining, it was blah, the blah. 80s. 13 Reasons Why has the most graphic suicide um, scene I have ever watched. They showed the main character they showed the main character taking a razor to her wrist the right way and sitting there and dying in a bathtub. And you're telling me that was okay to watch, but the smoking was bad. And then after that, they were like, oh, we're going to take the scene out of 13 Reasons Why. It's like, it's like three years after the show came out, too little, too late. We've all seen it. You just think gave we- kids. One second, one second. I'm I'm gonna finish, right? I'm gonna let you. Let me just say this really quick. Um, you just gave a blueprint to kids who were suicidal how to kill themselves. Irresponsible, completely irresponsible. But I'm done with 13 Reasons Why. Go ahead, Brittany. <laughs> well, what I guess the thing is that it just always feels very uh, insensitive because it feels like you know, like, some people be like. Okay, it's kind of like there's this YouTuber that got into trouble because he always, I can't remember his name, but every time, like, there's a death of someone famous, he he markets it. He monetizes his video, like, oh, leave your condolences in the comments. Well, that raises his algorithm to be shown more, but he markets it as, like, oh, we're being thoughtful. And I think that sometimes, like, how the show is, is they're like, well, we're trying to raise awareness, or we're trying to be this, and it's like, no, you want money. It always leads back to money. Please don't tell me you're doing this out of any kind of, like, thoughtfulness to children, because you're really not. No, exactly. And, you know, the the show, from, again, a standpoint of maybe someone who is a little older than the high school demographic, um, watches it and just feels bad for everyone around her. Her parents, who again are still struggling to keep a roof over their head, from the best friend who feels like shit because, uh, you know, she didn't confide in him. You know, everyone else who seemingly, you know, has now had their lives ruined because of this. And since me, this wasn't enjoyable, it didn't feel heavy-hitting, it didn't feel like it was making points, it just felt like it was capitalizing on a subject matter that shouldn't be capitalized on. I agree. This talk got real serious real quick, didn't it? It's that unbearable that we should just probably move on, but it definitely deserves <laughs> to be on this list, Brittany, because <laughs> I... 
I would never watch the up like when the second season came out. Kelly was like, "Oh, have you watched the second season?" I'm like, "No," and nor will I. I watched the first season, and that's all I need to watch. I didn't need to watch anything else. And now it's going to have a fourth season, but luckily the fourth season is going to be the last season. So, my God, thank goodness. But um, let's move on. We got our number three on our top ten unbearable list. Let me see what I want to put down. Hmm. I know. I bet about that, too. I'm like, which one's awful enough? I'm going to put one down that I really wanted to watch only because of the actor that's in it. But I couldn't get through it. So, yeah. And you actually know this show, which is another reason kind of why I'm putting it down, because I feel like you'll be able to talk about it unless you're like, I don't remember any of that shit. Um, it's, uh, it's The Strain. Oh, 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 yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I wanted to watch this because Corey Stoll is the main character of The Strain. And this is especially when I was going through my Corey Soul kick and I wanted to watch this show. And I was like, oh, there's like, what, three seasons of a show that I can like binge. And it's about vampires. But I couldn't get through it, Brittany. It was, first of all, like gross. And I, and I don't like gross things. Like I can't watch like, you know, shows or movies that have to do with like grossness where there's like pus everywhere and you know, stuff like that is just nasty, right? Um, so I couldn't get through it that way. Um, it just wasn't something that I could do. And it was, like, disappointing because I really wanted to. Like, I really wanted to watch it. But every time I tried to go back and, like, you know, revisit it, I just found myself like, nope, nope, total nope. So, yeah, nope. strain. <laughs> Brittany, what are your no. thoughts on uh, on this one here? <laughs> I agree because it's like I would have loved to continue watching it for Corey Stoll. And, you know, you know I love vampire shit. I, I'm still living my emo phase of, like, loving vampire stuff. But what gets me is that, for one, yes, it's gross. And, two, you know, I remember, like, the storytelling wasn't very good. Like, it was a little, like, not campy. I think it took itself way too serious, which I get it. It's a vampire, you know. It's a whole thing of that. But I think I remember, wasn't there, like, it's been so long since I've seen it, any of it. But isn't there, like, stuff, like, crawling underneath the skin? And that, for yeah. one, just, like, it, it totally, like, I can't take that. I, I feel it in my skin. If I start witnessing stuff like that, I'm like, nope. It, it's going to be a no from me, dog. But, uh, <laughs> which gets me because it's like, we love Corey Stoll. You know, and it's like, that was another one of, like, my ex-husband being obsessed with a show that he would put on. And I was like, I don't care about this show. I'm going to go sit in another room because I really don't want to watch, like, people just – I guess it's like one – uh, I get that vampires and other, like, media can sometimes be really grotesque. I get it. They're not always pretty. But when they make them basically, like, zombified, like, nasty looking, I'm like, okay, 
vampires are popular too because they got some sex appeal. I ain't getting no sex appeal from this right now. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, anything that like has to overly do with bugs and you know like vomit and everything, I'm just like not into. And I really like. I tried. I tried to like really just be into it and go through it and watch it for Corey Soul, but I couldn't. Um, and also, the entire first season, which I didn't even get that far, but I just saw it, like, clips and everything. The entire first season, Corey Soul is wearing that really horrific wig. So it was very distracting. <laughs> He's oh. a beautiful bald man. Don't put a wig on him. <laughs> oh, God, now I need to see the wig. I'm I'm looking oh. up the wig now. You're looking at the way. Yeah, I just couldn't get into this show. Um, And the show was, I think, uh, Guillermo del Toro had something to do with it. And that's kind of like his style, which, I mean, there are some movies of his, though, that I'm into because I feel like on a movie level, he doesn't do it that much. Like, his movies are still creepy and shit, but just, like, not gross necessarily. But this fucking uh, show was gross. (laughs) That wig is nasty. I just saw it. I I regret everything. I regret the life decisions (laughs) that led me to that moment. Thanks a lot, Tia. I I hate when they put a wig on him. I've watched things where, like, he has hair, and I'm like, no. No, it just looks weird. We all know he's bald. Like, stop this. It looks strange. Uh, I was going to say, the baldness is, like, part of the appeal of Corey Stoll. Exactly. And so when they put, like, a crap-ass wig on him, it's just like, no, no. It's going to be a no from me. But, yeah. It's going to be a no from me. But, yeah, so number three is going to be The Strain, just because it was so unbearable, I couldn't even watch it. I think I got through two episodes and I turned it off because it was just done. So unfortunately as much of a fan of as I am of him, I will never continue watching the strain. But Brittany, what is your number two? I think I'm gonna go with um I said thirteen row in the line, I said Walking Dead. I think the last one I'm go with is Supernatural. And I, you know, wow. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know if it was on your list or not, but no, supernatural. <laughs> love Dean, love uh, Sam, loved uh, John Winchester. And the whole, you know, I still get like the nostalgia gasm whenever I hear uh, Wayward Son. And, you know, and that's the one thing for the listeners. Me and Tia love supernatural. We went to a convention one day, like uh, together back in like years ago because god our friendship has lasted because i think that was like what three four years ago now like three years ago that we went to the supernatural convention but um we loved it but you hit a point with the show where we had to stop (laughs) we had to stop and go man this is just like the same thing over and over because before when it started we loved how, like, we, um, what's the word for it? 
like when it was just vampires and uh, demons and monsters, werewolves, uh, the Frankensteins. And when they added the angels in, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. But, and, you know, like, Tia, you love Castiel. I loved Castiel, too. But it hit a point where everything felt so overused. It felt like that it was constantly, like, it, trying to take a new spin. And it kind of faced the same issues of Walking Dead and The Flash, where you're kind of like, okay, just end it. Just end it. I mean, it lasted, what, 20 seasons? Am I crazy? Did it last 20 seasons? It's oh, on like its last It's on its last season, which is season 15. 15. Uh, you know what? You told me it was season 25, and I would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I loved Crowley, even though, you know, he came in the later seasons, and we loved Kadrill. You know, we met Tom O'Pinniquette. And we met the guy that plays Gabriel, which I can't think of his name now. And the guy that played Chuck, which you right. find out to be God. You know, it was such a good time. But it hits the point where you're like, okay, this is kind of convoluted now. I just, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And really, it's downfall starting to come with when they put the angels in, which sounds as bad as it is because we love Castiel. But it's just, it wasn't the same. And can we talk about how they kill off every female character ever? No one, it's almost like with like K-pop groups, they always have to stay open and available and having a love interest just makes it seem bad because, oh, you won't like them as much because they're the male character and they can't have any sort of relationship. But, uh, and I was really sad when they killed off Jim Beaver's character so I guess at that point when you lose everybody except for the two main characters, it becomes the point where you're like, okay, just kill it. Just kill the show. Let's just be done with it. I'm done. Well, I mean, they killed that character off Charlie in a horrific manner for no reason. There was absolutely, like, no um, explanation as to why they had to kill her off, like, so horrifically. But I loved supernatural like not being into supernatural anymore feels like almost like a death because yes. there were so there were so many great characters there were so many great seasons and things Dang. to like you know to look back on um and enjoy i will say personally i like the introduction of the angels because if you're gonna have demons you need to have angels as well um but yes. it it suffered from going on too long and I like I try and sit there and think like what would have been a good place to like end it and I feel like season 10 because a lot of people say like you know oh it was supposed to end in season 5 which is why season 5 has the ending that it does it's the, if you go back and watch and see uh, the finale for season 5 feels very final and that's because they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up again. So they pretty much ended it, even though then they ended up continuing. Um, but there are certain things I like from the seasons after that. Like, I saw someone talk about, like, bad, um, like, supernatural villains. And they were talking about the Leviathans. I loved the Leviathans in season I love the Leviathans, too. They were great. Um, and then, of course, you had Benny in season eight and Gadrill in season nine. 
And then season 10 came, and again, Demon Dean. They, it pissed me off to nobody's end that they completely, completely, like, screwed over such what could have been such a great storyline. You had Soulless Sam, remember, in season 6. No, yeah, it for was like, great. For pretty much the whole season, right? So you gave Soulless Sam like, pretty much a whole season, but Demon Dean got three episodes? Jensen Ackles is great as that, you know? And so, to me, um, that, like, went nowhere. It felt like the, um, oh, God, what was the character's name in season 10? The, the, the female character who was badass, and she was, like, you know, trying to take the throne from Crowley. She was oh. a redhead. Yes, I can't. I I can't remember her name. I feel but like I know who you're they, talking about. Right, I feel like they did her a complete disservice because she could have been even more badass. And then I feel like I did watch season eleven, and season eleven really was, I think, the deciding factor for me to not return to the show. Because it felt lazy. There felt like a lot, like, okay, remember in season 11, they teased the darkness, right? Um, yeah. And, and that was the season that they revealed that Chuck was God. And, you know, we were, we were contending with the end of the world, which the world is always ending. And, the sh- and that season ended with nothing happening. Right, because you had a character like the dark. You had a character like the darkness who was too powerful. The boys could never really defeat her. So instead, it ended up being like one of those things where they tossed her off the ledge, and then she just kind of like left. And after that, I was like, I'm done. This it's tired. It's it's clear that you guys don't even know what you're doing anymore. And honestly, I don't even know what they've done for the past like three or four seasons since I stopped watching. I know that it's ending. I know that God is back and trying to kill the world again, which I'm completely confused because Chuck was wait, wait, not what? trying to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck is now the enemy, like the bad enemy. But, like, but they had the whole fighting. thing with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it completely makes no fucking sense. Um, you know, there's a... Uh, there's, uh, uh, God. Oh, God. What were they called? Oh, the half angel, half human. Nephilim. Help me out here. Yeah, there's a Nephilim. Um, you know, but then there wasn't. Oh, wait, no, that was enough. I don't know. I don't even know what's going on. But it, as you said, it has gone on too long. And it's become unbearable to watch. And it's kind of ruined a lot of memories because... I would love to go back and rewatch and kind of relive those memories and talk about some of the characters, but I don't want to. And I will tell you this, Brittany, really quick, you know who really kind of killed Supernatural, though, for me? Who? And then I got to tell you a part with Supernatural, too. The fans. Supernatural husband. I was just about to say that. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, continue. Yes. I know that Star Wars has a toxic fandom, 
I will raise you Supernatural. Supernatural has an incredibly toxic fandom filled with very young people who are catty and uh, toxic and just coming up with things. They berate the actors. They really have this, like, warped sense of, like, they are involved with them. Um, I've gone, like, Brittany, that was not the only Supernatural convention I've gone to. I went went to one in New Jersey with Cindy, and it was horrible. Like, it was horrible. I feel bad for those actors, like, what they have to go through, like, with these constant conventions and having to deal with these girls who are crying just to get hugged. Um, and there's, it's toxic. It's so toxic. Like, I would deal with the Star Wars fandom over the Supernatural fandom. And that sucks because when you have a show that's so heavy into its fandom, and for that fandom to suck, it sucks. Well, it's like when me and Tia went, like, there there was a strict of please don't ask to hug the actors, right? But then people right. would start sobbing and do, like, these sobs where you're like, oh, you, oh, you did this for me. And, and I get it. I get it. But when they're like, oh, you saved my life. And I'm like, I get it. If you're depressed, but don't. It feels emotionally manipulative to make them have physical contact with you and that's not okay no matter what gender you are so I think it's just it's kind of slimy it's a slippery slope you know what I mean no absolutely I felt the same exact way because we went to those um conventions we went several days and their policy was no asking to hug so how do they get away with not asking to hug. They just do a huge soft story that guilts the actor into stepping off stage and hugging them. It's just weird. I don't like it. It's kind of, it's gross. Because it's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want, like, this This is, sounds bad, but it's like, if you wouldn't want a man emotionally manipulating a woman into hugging them, then it's not okay for a woman to do a sob story to make a man have physical contact with her. It's just weird. It's weird. I don't like it. It's gross. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Like, 100%. That's how I felt about it. Oh, no. No, I think... Weird. I, th- I think that Supernatural completely deserves to be on this list because it has become 100% unbearable. But, Brittany, we are down to the final slot of our unbearable list, and we have gone through a lot of uh, unbearable TV shows, but let's go through them them one more time. Before uh, I get to number one, we have Pretty Little Liars, Insatiable, Transformers, Beast Wars, the UK version of The Office, The Walking Dead, The Flash, 13 Reasons Why, The Strain, Supernatural, and I'm losing my voice here, but um, the number one is going to be Netflix's Daybreak. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Brittany, but it was a show that was not picked up for a second season. And, yeah, I can completely see why. Um, oh, no. Let me tell you a little story about Daybreak, right? Um, 
So we at Geek Lives Nation were given early access screening to Daybreak um, from Netflix, which drives me a little crazy. Netflix wants to give us these early screenings to these shows, but doesn't want to give me early screenings to the shows I want, like Narcos. I want to watch Narcos. Right, right. All right? Like, give me Narcos early. You gave me The Witcher, which I'm thankful for, right? But give me Narcos. (laughs) Anyway, so they gave us early screenings to Daybreak, and Kanan's like, would you be interested in watching it and reviewing it? So sure. Um, I couldn't get, make it past the first 10 minutes. It was so oh, awful. No. It was so awful. And then what was awful about it was that I had to interview the showrunner to the series afterwards and make it seem like I really enjoyed the show. I had to do research on the show but the, I will tell you now, the showrunner totally caught me out. Like, our interview was going great, and then we were talking, and he's like, have you seen the last episode? And I had to lie and be like, oh, not yet, but I'm so excited. And you could tell there was, like, something in his voice that, like, changed in that moment. And I'm like, I fucked up here. Um, oh, no, Tia, but, no. But it was you know, you can't tell the guy, like, the show was awful, but, um, and it actually was a pretty decent interview up until then. Anyway, um, the show is bad. The show... Take it to make it. Yeah, exactly. The show is like, okay, the post-apocalypse, you know, we've seen that all before, um, blah, 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 and the whole idea is that something happens where, um, anyone past the age of 17 was, like, randomly killed, right? So it's pretty much just teenagers. Um, And it tried to Weird, but okay. Yeah, I mean, that concept in general is, like, okay, whatever. But you see... Okay, have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes. Okay, it tried to be, like... Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but like in the apocalypse. Like it tries to be like that. Like the main character was like talking to the screen the whole time, was talking about like how, you know, even in the post apocalypse, there's still like clips and everything. And it's just, it tried to be like this comedy version of the apocalypse mixed in with like. Wait, it's supposed to be a comedy? Yes, it's supposed to be a comedy. It was supposed to be this, like, comedy mixed in with, like, the aesthetic of Mad Max in the style of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I couldn't make it pass. I texted Kanan. I was like, I know you want me to watch this so that I can come up with a review, but please don't make me continue watching it. I can't. Like, I could not. I could not make it pass. It was so unbearable that this is the reason why I even want to do this list. This inspired me. And I was like, I did not realize that this, this is the show I want to do this list. And I was going to put it at number one, no matter what, because it was so bad. I couldn't make it first the past 10 minutes. Like it was so terrible. It just was really horrific. And when Netflix decided to cancel it after only one season, I was like, yeah, duh. 
Have you seen the show? Of course they're going to cancel it. It was terrible. It was so bad. Can I talk about how I love how sad you are and how you just felt unabashedly like, yeah, it was fucking awful. I tried. I tried. Listen, I had to fake it while doing that interview. And then Kanan tried to get me to do like three more interviews with some of the actors. And I was like, stop trying to make me freaking interview these people from Daybreak. I don't like this show. Um, The main character, by the way, is the same kid who played the kid version of Sam on Supernatural. All grown up. What? That's wild. Yeah. But, but yeah. what gets me about this really quick is that it sounds like insatiable, where it's tone deaf, where it's like, okay, a bunch of like kids, and then if you get old enough, you die. Does not sound like comedy material. That sounds a little, uh, sounds a little serious, don't it? Yeah, it was. That was the thing. It was like you're dealing with a post-apocalypse. And it was, like, supposed to be, like, just a, like, procedural comedy. And it's, like, I never get those. They never do well. They tried something like that. Now that I think about it, they tried something like that on the CW a couple of years ago. And it didn't get picked up past, like, ten episodes. It's, like, they keep trying to make something like that stick. And it never does. It makes me think of Mean Girls. Stop trying to make uh, serious comedies happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, yeah, that's uh, that's my list, Brittany, uh, with uh, Daybreak, uh, number one. I just couldn't stand that freaking show. Man, I, I feel like what's nice is sometimes, like, I know it takes me so long to watch stuff, and then you're, like, the watches everything. It keeps me from being heavily disappointed with my life. So thank you Absolutely. for being, like, thank you for, uh, it was, say, like, Narcos was, uh, what was it, Kiki, where he's, like, uh, he died for our sins. That's, like, you, but with me <laughs> and uh, television. I watch terrible television, so you don't have to. You're a true hero, a true pal, Tia. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Netflix, if you're listening to this, um, we still have time before February 13th. I want to watch Narcos Mexico Season 2. Give me early access. Um, but, Brittany, do you have any uh, honorable mentions that you wish to throw out there? Um, I I have one. But it's not the show really itself. It's its final season. That it's, it's almost made the rest unbearable because it could have been something so much better. And that's like the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will still love the first seven seasons undyingly. So I can't necessarily say that it made the show unbearable. But yeah, that last season was pretty fucking unbearable. Um, it was I bad. Have, I have just a couple. Um, I'll throw them out really quickly. Uh, Veronica Mars, I found pretty unbearable. I only wanted to watch it for Jason Doring because I loved him in iZombie. As you know, she's great. Yes, yes. Still did, not, did nothing wrong. Um, 
I'm going to put down also Shameless just because I hate the concept behind it, and I know it's a very popular show, but I found it unbearable. Uh, Dracula that just came out on Netflix, same thing, kind of gross. Um, can't see that. And this is like a light unbearable just because I never want to go back and rewatch it. But The Defenders, as much oh, as I, know. I love it. Yeah. But as much as I love, like, the Defenders universe on Netflix, you know, Daredevil, The Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, even Iron Fist. Like, I can watch the first season of Iron Fist, which is arguably the worst season out of all of the seasons of all the shows. I can go back and rewatch Iron Fist season one, mostly because, you know, of Ward. Um, but I have no desire to go back and rewatch The Defenders. Um, I just found it so boring and so such a letdown to what was supposed to be the epic crossover between everything. So in that retrospect, I found it unbearable, but I didn't want to put it on the list because it's not like I didn't love all of the characters, you know? It, it, you want to know why you didn't put it on there? Why? Because it's bad luck to speak ill of the dead, and that show oh. and it's all dead now. Oh no! I'm sorry, Tia. You know what I was just thinking about the other day. Speaking about the Avengers. Um, oh and when no. I mean the other day, and when I mean the other day, I mean yesterday, because I was rewatching Avengers Endgame, and I was thinking about how much of a missed opportunity it was that when all those circles were going, that you didn't have the defenders stepping through one of those circles. Oh, my God, right, right. Oh, to see the Punisher walking through would have been the best day of my life. I mean, him and Bucky could have been the OGs with the guns. Like, there they go. Like, you've got all these people with powers, and there they are with their AK-47. I got the best weapon of I got the best weapon of all. Made in America. <laughs> made in America. Oh my gosh. Speaking of which, um, being living where I live, I see so many Punisher shirts. And I'll go I'll go, Oh, do you yo, did you watch the show? And they're like, No, I just like the Punisher skull and I'm like, This is the equivalent of, like, someone wearing, like, a Thrasher t-shirt or, like, wearing, like, a band t-shirt and then they don't, like, skate or they don't, uh, never listen to that actual band. I'm like, you're not a real, you're not a real fan. Well, actually, and this is just out there really quick, uh, both the creator of The Punisher and John Bernthal don't like when, say, people wear The Punisher skull as one of those, like, you know, they're wearing it because they're the don't tread on me type. It's like, no, yeah. they don't like when you wear that. Like, if you wear that skull, you better have watched the freaking show or at least, at least read the Punisher comics. Like, I, come on now. Come on. Like, stop being a tool. There was, like, there was a guy that I did respect for because his, he had this really nice truck when I was pipelining and he had a uh, big Punisher skull on the back. But he was a Marine, and he was obsessed with the Punisher. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I feel you, Rosie. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, no, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. But the others, they're tools. Um, yeah, they're but, tools. Yeah. They're tools. They're complete tools. Um, 
also speaking about Unbearable, uh, really quick, even though it's not a TV show, um, I went back and started watching Age of Ultron, which is not as un- so bad. Sorry. But not as bad as I remember it being. It was so bad, but I'm like, it's not as bad as Thor of the Dark World. I feel like out of, like, I feel like in the Marvel Universe, there's like a collect, there's like a handful of the bad ones, right? Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, Thor of the Dark World. And I guess you can kind of throw Ant-Man and the Wasp in there because it wasn't the greatest. But yeah. recently, but recently I've gone back and I've watched Iron Man 3 and I've watched Age of Ultron. And I'm like, still bad, but Thor of the Dark World was like another level bad. And I'm like, that's bad when you're so bad that you make all the other bad ones look good. You're such a bad movie that, like, the others look good, like, in your life. This is like Spongebob, where it's like, uh, when they're like, this isn't regular darkness, this is advanced (laughs) darkness, except it's badness. Yeah, it's like, we're bad, but you're advanced bad. So oh, yeah. Speaking of which, your mother's gonna beat you the next time she sees you. Oh yeah, because she loves the Flash and she liked Age of Ultron. She just texted me saying she loved the Defenders. So I'm hitting all of them today. But um, yeah, everyone, that was our top ten most unbearable TV shows. I'm very interested in hearing if any of you agreed with us. What shows that you found to be unbearable? Um, and I'm sure as the year goes on, we're going to have plenty of unbearable TV shows and movies to watch, which, Brittany, we should definitely do unbearable movies next. But while we still have some time here, why don't you tell us, Brittany, where we can find you and what you got cooking up for us? Yes, hey, you can always find me at twitch.tv slash Brit. Um, been playing Walking the Walking Dead series. I'm on uh, the first season, and I have cried at least three times where I had to walk off stream because that game is so freaking sad. Uh, but <laughs> luckily, uh, hopefully next game I play will play a, be a little more lighthearted. But uh, I'm going to be finishing the last uh, part of that. I hear the end of it's a real tearjerker, so I'm a little nervous. And you can find me on Twitter at IttyBittyBrit0, which is a good way to, like, find my schedule for when I'm streaming or if I'm up to anything. Um, when I eventually start cosplaying again, that's where I'll put some images. But besides that, that's what I've been mostly up to, staying up way too late on the Internet, which who doesn't have a good time with that, right? <laughs> which by the way Brittany you have to still give us your schedule so that Kanan can um, put that out there and yes I'm scolding you on a live air but I know I know but it's always hard because I go oh if I change anything I don't want Kanan to kick my butt <laughs> he scares me not sure <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god but yeah so everyone you can obviously find me on Twitter and Instagram I'm also on this new app called Vero, which I'm, like, 
kind of just using that as a means to suggest movies and TV shows to watch. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go find me, um, Tia Fabi or TC Stark is my username typically, so you can find me there uh, if it's easier. And then also make sure that you check out our brand new website. Um, it's still geekvibesnation.com, but we have an entirely new layout, and it looks awesome. So please make sure you go and check that out. Let us know how you like the new website, and also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Vero, um, Geek Vibes Nation. We got a ton of different reviews and articles and just a lot of fun stuff, a lot of podcasts, uh, including the top ten. We're going to do Geek Vibes Live later on this afternoon, and it's just going to be a good time. But, Brittany, thank you so much for being here with me on the top ten most unbearable TV shows can't wait to see what we do next time and have a good Sunday. Have a great Sunday. We'll see y'all next Sunday. Bye. Peace.